there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Catch and Shoot podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot goes well with both red and white and is perfect with a workout of your choice. Our co-hosts are on both coasts and they have all of NBA Nation covered. Adam Stanko in the Bay Area and Noah Kozlov in the Big Apple. We just wrapped the Larry Brown interview. That went on like a, uh, a, full, a full week with Larry Brown was, uh, I didn't, I didn't, haven't slept all week, but he was great. So we appreciate everybody who's listening to that show, continue to share it as well. I'm Noah Kozlov. This is the Catch and Shoot podcast. I'm on the East Coast of New York City. Adam Stanko out West in yes. San Francisco. Having a good week? Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's been a good week. Why do you say that, Noah, about Larry Brown? Because multiple people have told me they are listening to the interview, but every single time it's been I'm about 30 minutes in. I'm about an hour in, (laughs) you know, to get through that monstrosity, this beast of an interview. But I'm so glad we did it. And it was pretty cool to uh, to get the feedback and and to hear people learn a lot about Larry Brown that they didn't know and that that we probably didn't know. It was uh, some interesting, newsworthy, noteworthy stories, I think, in there for people that haven't heard. But and there's some great stories from our past interviews and podcasts So go back and Check out the Catch and Shoot podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can hear from Todd McCulloch. You can hear from Will Perdue. You can hear from Avery Johnson, Don McClain, Sean Elliott, Byron Scott, Dave McMenamin, Hall of Famer Alex English, and then radio voices in the NBA, Tom McGinnis, David Locke, Quinn Buckner, Mike Breen. There are so many that you can just go back and listen to as they're mostly evergreen interviews. So go back and enjoy those. Also here on the Pure Hoops podcast network on pure hoops media you can check out the mike wise show he had his best of show this week which is it's uh, talk about an editing job to get a best of out of a mike wise show that that's got to win some sort of webby award and, and the fact that frank isola made a best of show well that's that, the real that's oh, the oh real my goodness oh my goodness he really that's scraping, scraping the bottom of the barrel uh monica mcnutt her show buckets boards and blocks and also the pure hoop show with Eric Newman and NBA champion BJ Armstrong. So I want to update. So last week we started, I was telling you about Eden, my daughter, four and a half years old, and some of the uh, the camp anxiety. So we got yes. over that, had yes. had a had a had a very good like full on like high five with my wife, great parenting session, and then went back to issues with swimming, instructional swim. No kid likes instructional swim. Nobody. But you have you just have to learn how to swim. So we had an issue this week. She didn't want to swim. She didn't swim. And so yesterday I read this book. I read about 90 pages of this book. It's called Pride and Joy, an understanding, a guide to understanding your child's emotions and solving family problems. Okay. And again, okay. you know, Eden is a terrific kid. And this is like our very first issue. And yeah. so a lot of this stuff we've already employed with her of using, like, we don't say, we don't we don't reward the result we reward the effort 
so that yeah. she always, you know, whether she gets an answer right or wrong. And so you never, you're really not supposed to say you're so smart or this or that. It's, I really like how you thought there. Or I really like how you tried to figure this out. So you reward the effort and we listen to her and make sure she's heard and we understand her feelings. So last night we decided, you know what, we're going to go with, in this book, it suggested having 10 minutes of uninterrupted conversation, usually right before bed. So we told Eden, I said, look, we're going to have, and we always put it in bed together when we can. And so I said, look, we're going we're gonna to sit in your room for 10 minutes and we're going to talk. We can talk about anything you want. It can be silly. It can be serious. It can be about camp. It can be about our days, anything. Because she always says to us, tell me everything about your day. So we sat and talked. And and remind people I, how old Eden is, too, by the way. She's four, yeah, she's, four and a half. Okay. Some people thinking Eden's 18 and they're like, no, this is no, a little no, strange. Four and, a, four, and so, four and a half years old. So, yeah. so we, so we, so she enjoyed that talk. And then this morning she, she wasn't crying, but she, you could tell that she was anxious about it. Um, so then I, we talked a little bit more about confidence and things that you have to do and how some kids in our bunk won't like drama or arts and crafts or even basketball and things that she really likes, but they just do it anyway. And you have to take other people's feelings into account. You can't just ruin it for the rest of your bunk or your counselor's day. And then I showed her that video that's been going around. Um, I, I saw on ESPN's account. Did you see the video of the guy who was trying to do that, uh, the, the box jump? And he, I have not with, seen this. So there's a guy and he's in a, he's in the training room and he's trying to do a box jump and he can't get it and he can't get it. He can't get it. And his, his coaches and trainers are imploring or, you know, imploring him trying to push him on and he gets it. And then he breaks down in tears because because of his effort. And this guy, he didn't have any arms. And it's, oh, wow. and it's, it's about 35 seconds. And I showed, and I showed it to Eden this morning. And I said, I said, look what, look what you have and look what, what, this guy is is trying to do and he's failing and failing and failing and he keeps trying i don't know what's going on in swim but i do know that it's a whole lot easier than than what he's doing wow and we watched and we watched it again and we watched it again and and she wanted to show marissa and uh so hopefully uh hopefully she she's she and she nodded her head and she seemed she it seemed to impact her because she didn't say anything she just kind of nodded her head so so hopefully that uh that takes us somewhere. This is no, this is parent of the year stuff. Yeah. We're, right yeah, we're trying that we're, we're talking we're trying. about. And uh, I'm, I'm impressed. So first of all, I'm glad that Eden is, is even maybe if it's not back to a hundred percent Eden, at least we're, we're back to like a safe place. Happy. Cause when you and I did the podcast last week, it was, um, uh, oh, I was, I was, I was worried. We, I, I could feel your stress. I could feel your stress uh, across from the podcast. So I'm glad to hear that she's okay and working on it. And obviously you guys are just crushing it as parents. And, um, I guess this book for I enjoy, I'm going to have to pick up. I, I, I probably hit on the other end of the spectrum. No, I, I was going to tell you a story that I'm now going to save for the, for the end of the podcast. Okay. Um, that's actually a, baseball story that fits in with us always talking about something that entertained us this week but so uh, my daughter Bella is 13 years old and she had a friend come over the other day um, and she's her friend was a very picky eater and kind of like I don't want to say obnoxious about it because that that's that's wrong but at 13 like, you know, we can find some common ground, but she was, she was understanding and cool about it. But I figured 
why not? She's 13. I can give her a hard time, right? Like not in a bad way, but still I can give her a hard time. So, so my wife was making shrimp orzo for, for dinner. I didn't realize that Bella's friend who shall rename, uh, remain nameless, um, is uh, a vegetarian. Um, so she wasn't going to eat the shrimp, which I didn't yeah. realize that, that shrimp you couldn't eat if you're, I, I didn't know that, but, but that's okay. I understand. And I support that. I'm like, all right, that's cool. So then she also then couldn't, uh, but she doesn't like, um, certain kinds of pasta. So she didn't want the orzo either. So I ended mm-hmm. up making her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for dinner. And she wanted that and ate about a quarter of it. And while she was eating that, I started asking her about how she, you know, uh, became a vegetarian. I'm like, you know, what, what prompted this? I'm, I'm curious for a 13 year old. She's like, you know, I just really don't, don't like the, um, the mistreatment, you know, of animals and stuff. And, and so I don't want to hear about animals being killed and that's how, you know, it becomes food. And I said, Oh, I, I understand that. I said, um, yeah, when I, you know, before I eat a burger, I make sure that the, the cow is already dead. Um, and <laughs> and she looks at me, Noah. And she looks at me and she says, "Well, but the truth is, you can never really tell because they lie about that stuff on the box." And I what? thought that was the funniest thing. Like she somehow she was like, you, you know, when they write it on the box that these things are already dead, you you don't know that to be true. And I'm wait, thinking, wait, 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 what what box says dead? <laughs> Dead cow. Dead cow well, that's, meat. That's been my thing. What? So wait, did Bella react? She she kind of just had this like confused look that she was kind of mad because she knew I was making fun of her friend, but her friend wasn't picking up on it. So it became this whole thing. And I, the last few days, oh, like I've no. just been dying, like thinking about all the scenarios in which tell? in which you would need like like, oh sorry, there's no burgers at um at In and Out this week. We just sorry, no natural cost deaths for the cows. So <laughs> oh, oh, it was wild. And then the next and then the <laughs> next morning, this same girl um we couldn't really there wasn't really any cereal that she wanted, or I was gonna make her pancakes or eggs. She wanted any of that. So she finally said Bella was like, well, what about waffles? And she's like, okay, I'll have one of those. And they were frozen waffles. And she grabs the waffle and she starts to try like eating it. And I'm like, oh no, no, no. no. I go, no, you need to, you need to uh, throw that in the toaster. That's way too cold. You might chip a tooth. She goes, oh no, no, this is fine. This is fine. I'm like, no, 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 no. she was totally, she was definitely embarrassed at that point. And so she just, she just went with it. Yeah, And for good reason too. So I don't know if there's a section on not making fun of teenage girls in pride and joy, but that's, but that's become part of my life. Oh man. Yeah. Natural causes. I don't. How does that happen? It's just so funny because she had this idea that she's a vegetarian and she's so Did you into talk this. To Bella about idea. it afterwards. Actually, actually, don't go down that route with Bella because I don't know if her, if her oh. parents listen or what. Don't go down she's that route. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, oh, oh man, we've, that's uh, tough. We've yeah, Bella and Bella and I had a few conversations. She wasn't happy that that I had uh, given her friend a hard time, but but her older sister thought it was hysterical. So oh, uh, that's uh, tough. And I thought that's you'd tough. think it's funny, and that matters the most to me. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> Should we get oh, into this, oh this show, talk some hoops uh, in, in, a, in a moment, we, we're going to get into the show. We're going to talk hoops in a moment. Um, but the big uh, the big news off the court this week 
was Mitch Bernstein, the son of Bruce Bernstein, our producer. Yes. And his girlfriend, Becca, now fiance Becca, getting engaged. So I figured we'd take just a few moments to give some sort of, not marriage advice, but Ooh. wedding planning advice. And <laughs> so, so, I thought, so I thought like some of the best wedding planning advice that, that I got was just say yes. And and that's kind of cliche, but it's it's less of just say yes and know when to pick your battles. Like what is what's what's worth it? Like napkins, not worth it. Invitations, worth it. You know, if you know, if, if your fiance picks out, say, three invitations and says, All right, well, you know, which one do you like the best? Don't say, well, whatever one you like the best. Actually, offer something, offer something, uh, and also make sure that every make sure that everybody is is on the same page. In laws, like everybody knows, however financially the, uh, the the ceremony, everything is getting paid for. Just make sure all of that is on the table first. Leave nothing, uh, leave nothing in doubt, and also yes. make something about the wedding truly yours, so that it doesn't feel like just another wedding since we've all been to so many weddings make it something where when people are walking away saying that really felt like becca and mitch i love all that advice and what's interesting noah is that before i was married uh the mm -hmm. first time which i mm -hmm. always have to clarify for people um i'm happily happily married to kate and and super in love so no one has to go back and hear there won't some be of that a third story, time if you want to go back and hear some of that story go download the podcast called the follow-up and you can hear my conversation with that yes 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 we had a great conversation about about my life i and i appreciate that no you have me on the um someone had told me before i was ever married they said you know you can't just know as a guy you can't win uh because you're gonna go to your uh fiance it, well, she'll go to you and she'll say, hey, you know, to, to your point, which napkin do you want The you know, the one with the flower or the one without the flower? And if you say, uh, uh, it doesn't really matter to me, you're going to hear oh, you don't care at all. You're not involved. This doesn't right, mean anything course. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then if you give your opinion and say, oh, I like the one with the flower, you're going to hear, well, I like the one without the flower. We're going with that. So but. Now that I think back on it, regardless, you should still give your opinion and then just be just be wrong or you get along and you figure it out. Right. Right. Like so. So you're always winning. And and I didn't even know we were going down this this path. I knew we would congratulate uh, Bruce's son. I'm, I'm super happy for, for Bruce and, and, and his his son and, and his fiance. Uh, but I was going to offer best man advice, which is I've given many speeches and mm -hmm. yeah. and the biggest advice is that every single thing in your speech should be either sentimental or funny yep no one cares about anything else if there's you, no wasted time in your speech no be concise and it doesn't matter the the length of the speech someone will listen to a 20 minute speech if it's hysterical i've been around some phenomenal speeches but the moment you start saying, yeah, I remember we played on that little league team in sixth grade and then move on to the next thing. Crickets. Cricket every and if single it, and if it, time. If it's something that only one person, if only it's the 
the groom gets it, talk about it on the bachelor party. Nobody else wants to hear about it. Yes, inside jokes, drop them. And and my family is notorious, and I I can't even give most of the um, most of the content that was yeah, involved yeah. in our families. But we've had this history of best man speeches, which have turned into roasts. And so when I was first married, uh, my brother Randy got up and gave this insane speech that was just over the top, and there were sexual innuendos and there were references and Yikes. and then and then from there so then then my little brother at that time was a lot younger he gave a speech that was that was nice then randy ends up getting married randy says you know to um so randy's the middle brother and then eric's the youngest so randy then says hey at my wedding um he's like look my you know my, my father-in-law knows some people who are connected so look, look, uncle junior from the sopranos was actually at the wedding and he said no no mafia jokes and and uh and no mafia jokes and no ex-girlfriend jokes so my little brother who at the time still a teenager at this point because of the age gap in our family um he ends up getting up and what does he talk about he tells some mob jokes and he and he told a a long unnecessary story about about (laughs) an ex-girlfriend so so that was super uncomfortable so then we um so then we're dying then when after we're now now i come up and now i get married again to like unbelievable wedding all that stuff both my brothers full-on roast totally inappropriate half the room is in tears laughing half the room is like mortified yeah dying of laughter because i think it's hysterical at this point so now finally my little brother gets married a couple years ago and uh we get a so Randy and I have been writing this speech for years. Like we both had speeches that we were dying to write. <laughs> and then I get a text that morning, basically saying um, from, from my dad's friend saying, listen, my daughters are going to be there. You really have to keep it clean. Make sure you maintain some composure and poise yeah, okay. and, and keep it classy. And I'm like, you have no understanding of like what's happened here. Not to mention Eric's fiance, the best part of this was the last couple of years was freaking out knowing that after all Eric had done at these, at these weddings, like, and, and how inappropriate he was, like he was going to get it when it was his turn. And so uh, that's something to note too. So the funny thing is Randy ends up giving his speech and totally clean the entire time. And I start sweating because I'm thinking, oh, no, he screwed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The whole speech I've been writing for the last few years. And then then he ends his speech, puts the mic down, and then picks it back up and says, like, the most vulgar thing you could possibly imagine comparing my brother's ego to the size of his not ego. Yeah, sure. and, And ends up, like dropping the mic it wasn't even really a joke it was just sort of to say it for shock value shocking yeah and he told me later he did it like to as like hey i was never gonna leave you like that and i was i've been so thankful ever since it was totally wrong and inappropriate but thankful my speech totally wrong and inappropriate i think the only joke and i could probably say even on this podcast which is is anybody gonna get it uh yeah no i said i said that that my brother and his his uh, now wife were a total mismatch. I said, it'd be like if in Beauty and the Beast, uh, Beauty married the candle. That's that. That was my 
joke. That was the one for the kids. I wanted to keep it clean for just at least one joke. But um, so that's the that's the other thing is uh, to understand there are people around. Um, the, the, yeah, just make your sure audience. your jokes are funny. Know your yeah. audience and know, know that you're going to get it back too. So I know that, that, that probably the person giving the best, best man speech, I think, is the younger brother, Adam Bernstein. So if he does give this speech, uh, just be aware uh, I don't even know if Adam's married. I don't think he is, but it can come back to haunt you later. So just understand that they can get you back. You always want to give a stronger speech when that person can't return the favor. All right. Speaking of knowing our audience, let's talk hoops. Time to hit the spread. So I don't know who is actually on the USA basketball team and already the jokes on Twitter. And it, it's funny, the... Uh, um, the press box podcast from the ringer with uh, Brian Curtis. They always go with uh, every week. They have one or two overused Twitter joke. And I think the one this week should be, I like random person or media member or whoever saying I'm officially removing myself from consideration for uh, USA yes. basketball. I'm like, yes. all right, all right. We, yeah. we get it. We get it. We get it. All right. <laughs> like look on Twitter first before if you think if a joke is that obvious, come on. Yes. All right. And, yes. uh, so, so I don't know. I don't know who's participating, but I also don't blame any of these guys for dropping out, except for if, like, like Bradley Beal or not Bradley Beal, um, uh, Damian Lillard, I think it is, mm-hmm. said like, uh, "My wife's having a baby. I'm out." Like, what are you like? You just found out. <laughs> like, my, he's like, "My wife's due in August. I'm out." And I and I love Damian Lillard, but like. I, so why why were you ever in? That, why well, were you ever the, in? That's the real point. That's the real point. Why were you ever in? And I have a I have a list, Noah, as of today. So while we're recording this on Tuesday, um, yeah. that it looks like just so everyone's aware. Donovan Mitchell's. Did yours, did yours include Tobias Harris being out? I didn't even know he was in, but he's out. Um, Tobias Harris is. Nah, not on this list. Okay. Well, no. he was the, he's the last one I saw that is out. Okay. I didn't even know okay. he was ever in. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, in recent weeks, so, so this it's uh, coming from a Yahoo article. That's apparently got to keep updating itself, mm-hmm. but uh, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Bradley Beal, CJ McCollum, Tobias Harris, DeRozan, Eric Gordon, uh, and Zion all withdrawn from the team. Um, it's Bradley Beal, by the way, birth of his, his child. Um, oh, it's Beal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lillard and, and DeRozan, the, the latest, according to this article. And so it says Donovan Mitchell's going to play on the team. Kemba Walker, Chris Middleton, uh, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, Julius Randle, Thaddeus Young. They've been added to the roster. Thaddeus then... Young for Team USA. Thaddeus <laughs> Young. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to go through some of these days. Like that, That's where I think this conversation should go. So also listed on the roster, Harrison Barnes, Andre Drummond, Kyle Kuzma, Brooke Lopez, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, Paul Millsap, Jason Tatum, PJ Tucker, Miles Turner, um, and then Joe Varden in the Athletic says that uh, D'Angelo Russell, Aaron Gordon, Mike Conley, and Josh Richardson are in the mix for invitations to train. Yeah, they might yeah. lose. They, they, they might Listen, lose. and then and guys, then these guys have played anything. Not anything in the league. And then the players, and then and then apparently players like Trey Young, De'Aaron Fox, Joe Harris, Mitchell Robinson, and Jarrett Allen, who are on that select team, could be called up to the senior team. Um, so multiple things, though, I think this brings up, Noah, 
that are of at least of interest to me. First of all, at what point, and I'm dead serious when I ask this, because so much about what drives players, we've talked about the idea of going for legacy in terms of free agency signing. But when it comes to something like this, which is which is unique, how much of this starts to become about ego and how much of it starts to, the question I guess I have for you is, at what point do guys say, I'm not going to play because playing is almost going to make me look bad. And I don't mean like performing. I don't mean anything else. I just mean like being on this team. Like in a way, so many guys have dropped off at this point that now if you are playing, it's like, what does that say about you? It's like, it's no, like the see, guy see, that I returns think, to college for his junior or senior year. Nah, I think it, I think it makes you look better. I think when, when guys return to college, that's because um, – for for the most part is because they got the intel that they weren't going to be drafted high enough. So they decided to go back. I think in this case, you know, like Donovan Mitchell, I think it makes them look even better that, okay, I want to, I can be the best player on this team. I can be the leader on this team. And they still think, look, we're not going to lose, but they right. might. Uh, and, and you've got to win the, the FIBA world cup in order to qualify for the Olympics or else you got to go through Olympic qualifying again. So I, I don't, it, it's, I don't, I don't think that, I think there needs to be some sort of conversation between USA basketball and, and the owners and players and, and maybe even the players association so that, so that USA basketball isn't embarrassed by this. Cause I do think, I, I think it's embarrassing, but I don't think the players themselves look bad for playing. But if you, if you're one of those late ads or really everybody on this at this point is a late ad and you lose, then it's ugly. Then yeah. that's, that's that's the ugliness because and, and, if, and, if you, when you when you lose wearing the United States uniform, that's awful. Oh, you'll. I mean, look when we did the Larry Brown interview to reference that again, you know, and I I'd ask some people, you know, what questions do you have? So many were about yeah, Larry right. Brown's, uh, you know, in losing in the Olympics and and um, you know, and why didn't he play the younger guys and, and Carmelo and LeBron more and Dwayne Wade at that time and all that stuff, um, but. And and just to be clear, I, I wasn't necessarily saying that I think it makes them look bad. I, I I wasn't so much saying it from like what the fans would think or the media would would project. I, I was more saying, are guys going to drop out because that's their perception? Like, would all of a sudden, you know, does a Kemba Walker say, well, wait a minute, if all these other stars aren't playing, I'm not going to play. And I guess maybe the motivating factor for something like that would more at this point be, wait, I don't want to play if we're going to lose, you know, or that fear of losing. But I don't think any of these guys are worried about that. Um, do you do you, how much are you concerned that that we're starting to get back to the place that started up the the deterioration, which caused us to need the dream team in the first place? I don't think the Olympic team is going to have an issue, but I think that some of the qualifying teams might. And I think location has a lot to do with it. Um, being close to the season, it's yeah. I don't think it's. I think this tournament. I don't. I believe. I don't think it's in a major Chinese city. A lot, a lot in the outskirts of uh, of the major cities. So I think location has a lot to do with it, and also what's at stake. So I don't think. I think you'll have it for the Olympics. I think you you won't have any problems. So I, I don't think there needs to be the the full tear down rebuild. But it is up to this next generation to figure out who are going to be the LeBron, Carmelo, Dwayne Wade guys who who do carry the torch. And speaking of Carmelo, why don't you just put him on this team? Why not? Right? At this point, 
Like, let him go out that way. Yeah, that could be a great send-off. He's had a great, great international career. Right, right. Like, the Olympic mellow is the best mellow. Yes. So let yes. him go out that way. I like this. I like this idea. I'm uh, I'm all for it. So I'm, I'm willing to move forward with this. Noah, who would you – let me ask you this question. Who would you like to see on that team? I don't, I don't mean the entire roster. I'm saying a couple of guys that – out of that list that you would like to end up seeing playing for – for Team USA. Honestly, I don't even remember who you said was on that list, but I'd like to see, I would like to see a bunch of guys, young guys, because I also think you could move this to say like 26 and under. And I think I'd like to see a bunch of young guys from the same team. So whether it's a few of the younger guys on the Nets or a few of the younger guys on the Hawks or the Celtics playing together and seeing how that can, being together in that, situation and being under the tutelage of USA basketball, how that can help, how that can help translate into success during the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker and yeah. Right. And Jason Tatum. Um, were or if you put, or if you put, mentioned. yeah, John, if you put John Collins, uh, Herder and, and Trey young on there together. Great. Absolutely. If you put Karis LeVert and, um, uh, Karis LeVert and Jared Allen together. Great. So yeah, I I think there's an opportunity to do something there. I, but I I, mean, I don't really want to see like Jeremy Lamb and Malcolm Brogdon and T.J. Warren play together. No, that doesn't really that doesn't really interest me. <laughs> that doesn't do it for you. No, no. Um, let's talk about undervalued teams. So I was looking at championship odds, Adam, and mm-hmm. this year there are eight teams with odds at fifteen or one, fifteen to one or better. Okay. So in yeah. order, championship odds, Clippers, Bucks, Lakers, Sixers, Rockets, Warriors, Nuggets, Jazz. And the Nuggets, Jazz, Nuggets and Jazz are at 15 to 1. If you went back and looked at 15 to 1 last year, who had, who had odds like that preseason, right. only three. The Warriors, who were, you know, you had to bet, uh, you had to bet 168 to win 100. So they were prohibitive favorites. And then the Celtics. And then the Rockets were at ten to one, and then the Lakers last year preseason were uh, were eighteen to one. So you see the, the how much how how chaotic and how spread out the the title odds are, and what kind of regular season that that we might be having this year. Who do you look at as undervalued teams, and most likely it's teams that really didn't do a ton this offseason. Well, I mean, that's the big thing. And and even the reason that I wanted to discuss this with you was because my neighbor, David, who, if someone recalls on a previous podcast, he was the one that showed me the, um, uh, my buddy David showed me the, uh, the, the poker invitation that was like this yeah, huge yeah, PowerPoint, PowerPoint presentation thing, yeah. that was, that was bananas. He ended up actually showing that he played the clip for the, for the guy. Oh, um, really? Yeah, and apparently he said it wasn't fifty pages; it was, yeah, was twenty-four. And, yeah, yeah, but but regardless, uh, no. The uh, David had brought it up to me and said, you know, he listens to a ton of basketball podcasts and said that you know it always seems like they're talking about the same five or six teams, and I think that's true. And the interesting part, though, is that typically the reason is because those are the teams that people feel are going to have a chance to win it, and this year. It just feels so different in that regard, in the sense that it really is much more wide open as of right now. That's how can it I, feels. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. Speaking of like talking about the same teams over and over again, 
yeah, go on the radio, it. on Sirius, we're told play the hits. Yeah, and I and I and I say, well, like, no, this is a good story. This play the hits, Lakers, Sixers, Warriors, Rockets, play the hits. I'm like, all right, but as a <laughs> listener, I'd be pretty bored by that. But hey, if that's what you say, I. No, it's funny that you bring that up because when when I was at ESPN and and doing some producing, there was the year where all the drama was taking place uh, with the Lakers. It was the it was they were at the bottom of the standings with Nash and Dwight. You know, you you recall, yeah. um, and it was every night that was all, all everybody wanted to talk about. And so we said, so we got in the 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 production meeting it was for a Sports Center NBA segment, and we sat around and said. Okay, what um, what do you want to talk about on the basketball side? And I said, all right, here's my plan. And I laid out, this is what we should talk about for this basketball segment. And I said, the Spurs have won whatever it was at the time. I want to say like 12 in a row, but they were the hottest team in the NBA. And I got a couple of the people in the room interrupted me and said, we can't talk Spurs. And the producer of that show said, if we talk Spurs, I'm going to get in trouble. I might even get fired. And I was blown away. And I think what what's really interesting, and this obviously isn't even where we were sort of thinking we were going with this discussion, but I just want to say as an aside, what's so fascinating about that is that I hear all the time, and our producer, Bruce Bernstein, is also an ESPN alum. Obviously, you've worked at, at a few national huge of of importance that that like i think a lot of times people think in the media that it's some voice from up above that's telling people what to do and what to talk about and what to cover and in in many cases that's true that mm-hmm. is true but there are also a lot of cases where it's just the idea that maybe you told someone what to say a previous month or year or week and now okay now that producer is gun shy that producer would have been fine in fact probably would have been praised for talking about the Spurs on that day, yeah, in addition yeah. to what was happening with the Lakers. But it's that fear of, I don't want to upset the bosses. And I know if I quote unquote play the hits, as you describe, like it'll be okay. And I think that's what drives a lot of this coverage. And this year in the NBA, that's such a weird thing because there are so many teams that ultimately get back to your question that have a chance to win this thing. Right. So I like, so like the Blazers at, at 30 to one. I mean, the Nuggets, you couldn't even say are undervalued at 15-1, but that's a team that generally stayed pat. And the Nuggets last year were killer. You know what I mean? So, I mean, the Nuggets yes. last year, I mean, that's a team that brings everybody back and won 54 two games seed. last year. Two right, seed. A two seed. And, you'd, and it's another year of growth from Jamal Murray and Jokic and, and others. I think, the, I think the Bucks end up taking a step back. And, of course, the Raptors take a step back also. But... There, there aren't that many teams that made the playoffs last year that didn't do anything except the Blazers and the Nuggets. Blazers and the Nuggets. And the Blazers got Hassan Whiteside. And... Right. But, I mean, he's, he's apparently tight with, with Damian Lillard. But, and I, I, guess, I guess that helps. But I, I don't know what Whiteside is at this point. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely hear that. I, I'm, I, I was almost emphasizing your point that that's the highlight of that i guess the spurs uh, too and they're getting back to jante murray i mean a and lot of won, it and they won 48 games but we're not allowed to talk thing. about the spurs 
Well, and exactly. And they also get back Lonnie Walker from injury who, yeah, right, who didn't right. get a chance to show what he what he's capable of. And I think that's the that's the wild part about about what we're looking at as we approach this this NBA season is and that's going to that's what's going to make this year so fun to watch is how does the chemistry work for these teams which actually probably plays into the conversation about Team USA that apparently there's a focus now from a lot of these stars that they want to just get acclimated with their NBA teams because there's so much change and 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 all that's that's taking place but i think there's something to be said for cohesion and chemistry in the NBA. And, and just because we think that something's going to work or that you replace someone with someone better, um, you know, look at Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook in that instance, um, it, that all of a sudden it automatically turns into wins. And in many cases, and guys can figure it out quickly and they, they work out together over the summers and they start to connect through texting and, and all that kind of stuff. But it is still a growing process. And I do think that when you look at what the Nuggets have in particular, that this was this young team that's growing. Also with Porter returning from uh, his, you know, pre-draft injury at Missouri, like that I think that they're a fascinating team to me. And and they're a major team to watch. Obviously, the Jazz are a team to watch. But to me, I think the Spurs are the team that the Spurs and the Pacers are the two teams that I am really interested in. I think DeMar DeRozan is incredibly motivated. I think that, uh, you know, it's another chance for him and Aldridge to play together, but Derek White's emergence. And then we talked about it, the two guys, Murray and, uh, and Lonnie Walker uh, returning from injury. I don't know that they're winning a championship, but I think that this team could really be much more dangerous than anybody thinks. And then I think on the Pacers side. Well, and Tim uh, and Tim Duncan as an assistant coach. And Tim Duncan, who and Pop had one of the all-time great quotes, right? When he said that uh I was I, I, I spent I spent 19 years serving him. So now it's, yes. you know, it's he, he could be my loyal favorite. assistant. Yeah. 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 Returned the favor. And then I and on the the Easter conference side, I think it's the Pacers. I mean, again, we get a guy returning from injury, which I think sometimes is way more significant than even bringing in a free agent. You get Oladipo back after what they had shown, and their entire backcourt basically flipped. And now they've got you know, Brogdon and, and Jeremy Lamb. And while those guys might not be the most fun to see on Team USA, like they will be fun and exciting for Pacers fans who are should be excited about what that team's done over the last few seasons. Yeah, I think I think the Pacers are going to miss uh, Bogdanovich a lot. That is since, true. Since, since he was the one in the playoffs who really, really the only one who's able to get his own. But, uh, and again, I'm, I'm still, I still need to see if, you know, with Sabonis and Miles Turner, two really good talents, is whether they can be on the floor together, and then how they exist um, in in separate units, and then of course what what Oladipo looks like when he comes back. But what they did last year was terrific, and and that's why Nate McMillan got so much consideration for Coach of the Year. I think we're about to go off the rails. So I always wrap it up by going off the rails, and a quick one for you, Mike. I think I've. I think I may have talked about my neighbor before, Dorothy. She's uh, she's 89 years old, and so I'll go to the I'll go to the supermarket for her. She doesn't really need much, but you know I'll I'll walk down to the market for her, or let her know when I'm going, and or I'll just pick up things that I know that she usually has and, you know, and drop them off. And so she likes these uh, from from Fairway Market here in New York. 
She likes to be small organic yams. She doesn't have she doesn't she doesn't have uh, a huge appetite. So you know, four small organic yams will will last her a while. And so she she has said that she really likes the ones that I pick out. So Marissa was going uh, like a few weeks ago, and I said, Marissa, while you're at Fairway, can you get Dorothy? The, the yam just pick out the like the smallest ones the organic ones that you can find so then dorothy tells me the other day when i dropped off some stuff she said you know you know i really i do appreciate marissa going but i gotta tell you like you're the ones that the, the ones that you picked out were just were just so much better just just so much better like she picked out ones that had bumps on it and she says i know she probably doesn't do a whole lot around the house and i was like <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. I, I was like, uh, "No, Dorothy, what do you mean? She does, you know, you know, she's, you know, she's working all the, you know, works." And so I said, "Dorothy, you know, years ago maybe, and 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 she was like a fashion executive as a woman, like sixty years ago or seventy years ago. She was so she was uh, you know a forerunner in this. But uh, I said, "No, no, Dorothy, trust me, Marissa does. She does. She does plenty. Um, but I will." pick out the yams for you oh that is that's a great story yeah oh 89 oh. years old and she just could not give a f- yes. flying f about whatever she says at this point i may start using that line to people you know i, I know that? you I, I know that you probably don't do a lot around the house no. <laughs> you know but uh that's that is, it is Marissa, uh, get on your game yeah right and as far as uh what's enter- what's entertaining me uh the I put on the the new episode, the new season of Comedians in Cars last night to watch uh, mm, to watch yes. Eddie Murphy, and it was okay. It was okay. all right. Underwhelmed. Was, yeah, and it was forty minutes, and usually they're like twenty or twenty five yes, minutes. Yes. And you'd think, oh, Eddie Murphy, you'd want more. It was. Uh, I mean, I'm still gonna watch the rest of them, but it was it was just okay. That's that's interesting. I okay. I, it, I was actually going to talk about a netflix show as well which i'll get to for what i'm watching um and what's entertaining it all just comes together this off the rails and then and then what's entertaining us for the week the um i saw a video clip though that on twitter the phillies i think had had put out um commemorating a roy halliday's no hitter in the playoffs and I am not a baseball fan anymore. I don't follow baseball at all. I, I I have zero interest. I haven't watched an inning in a couple of years. I, I really I really haven't. And that's just I, I realize where where my interests lie and and what I have time for and what I want to spend my time on. And so even though I considered myself at one point a sports fan, that that sports fandom has really narrowed. And I'm way more just basketball at all levels and and all that and some football, but baseball has fallen off. But I happened to come across something someone had retweeted. It was a seven minute feature on on um, on Roy Halladay. And I was really riveted by it. And it was interesting. And they had all these different characters from the game on this feature on Twitter. And, and you know, of course, the new age thing now on social media is, oh, people won't watch anything that's very long and you have to keep things short and all that. Well, this thing was seven minutes and and had my attention throughout which is long for twitter is what what i'm saying so anyhow i watch it one of the characters in the piece is is joey Votto, 
And I remember Joey Votto being a good baseball player um, back a few years ago when I used to watch. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I know he's played for years. I I wonder if that guy's still in the league because he came off as extremely charismatic in this piece. And I was Mm -hmm. really just impressed with Joey Votto. I'm like, wow, he seems like a great guy, like just a great guy. So I was like, is he still playing? (laughs) So I look up on baseball reference and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's yes he's still playing he's in his 13th season and has as i start to go down the list it, it the guy's won an mvp he's got a 308 mm-hmm. career average like this guy looks looks like he he's like hall of fame worthy possibly you know an mvp 308 career average i start looking 945 ops like wow joey Votto. all right man i, I hope this guy makes it like now I'm, now i'm vested i have an interest in and Joey Votto, after after being impressed with him, how he was talking about what Roy Holiday did to them in the mm-hmm. uh, in in this playoff game, which usually it's bitterness coming from an opponent, and instead he took the opposite approach in this piece. So, I text a buddy of mine and I said, "Hey, um, is Joey Votto a Hall of Famer? This guy's a big baseball fan." He gets back to me, "Well, I don't know. I think he needs a couple more good seasons." And then I think he'd be in right now. I'm, I don't know that he'd get in. I go, really? So now I'm looking at the baseball reference page and all of a sudden I'm invested. Like I said, so I send him back some stats. Like, look, this guy is like third highest right now for a career batting average of all the active players. And, you know, he's top 25 in certain statistics all time. So we're going back and forth, acting like as though I would know. I haven't watched this guy in years. So God, I have you'll no. Do, you'll do anything to waste time. This, oh my goodness! All true. Oh I don't, my goodness! To quote your uh, to quote your neighbor, I I don't really do much right now, <laughs> you know. So so, but here was the crazy part about this story. It ends up going on like throughout the day, and not in a major way, but like every time I'd get a text back from him, he'd go, "Yeah, but," and he'd send me some stats or something, so I'd look something else up. And the funny part is, here I'm acting like I've seen anything, and he knows that I haven't watched a pitch in, like I said, a couple of years now. And um, so we have this back and forth and it's going on throughout the day. That night, I go on Netflix to um, catch up on some episodes, just like you were doing with Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. I did with uh, the Letterman show, uh, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction, Mm -hmm. because there's a season two of that. And there's an episode of Zach Galifianakis that I wanted to watch and realized, oh, that's a bonus episode for season two and saw that there was a bonus episode for season one that I had never seen. And it's Jerry Seinfeld kind of interviewing Letterman. And I'm like, this could be fascinating to hear the both of them and and their takes on the industry and the process, which I'm very interested in. Point getting to with this whole story, they start talking and about midway through this interview, Letterman, like almost out of nowhere goes, do you know the baseball player, Joey Votto? Stop it. And Seinfeld is like, yeah, of course. Great, terrific player. Great player. Right, Letterman and Letterman guy, says, yeah. yeah. And Letterman goes, yeah. He goes, I got to tell you, I'm at a baseball game. He's like, I was blown away. It's like the eighth inning, all this pressure situation. You could hear a pin drop. And Joey Votto's in the on-deck circle. And all of a sudden, he turns to and sees me sitting there in the stands and's like, hey, David, thanks so much for coming to the game. We really appreciate it. <laughs> and he couldn't believe that this guy mid-game in this tense pressure situation, he said, what a guy. Like, he recognized that. That's and Seinfeld cool. says, he did the same thing to me. 
Oh, wow. And it becomes a part of their show. But the mind-blowing part that I was dying to tell you this week, and I saved it for the podcast, was this idea that I have not mentioned a baseball player's name. So I'm telling you, in years, so Joey so Votto, of all people, comes up, and I'm going back and forth all day, and boom, he ends up being a significant part of this Netflix special that was on. It's so weird. It had to be a few months ago. And I happened to catch it that day, the same day that I'm going yeah. back and forth. With. Uh, I know. It makes you like, it, it makes you think like something's bugged in your house or some higher power is listening. It's so weird how that stuff happens. So, so strange. Weird. So strange. But had to tell you, that's off the rails for me. All right, pal. Enjoyed it. We'll do yes. it again next week. What do you think? I think we should thank people. I think we, you know, you're forgetting the whole Pure Hoops media team. I, we always do forget, though, to to thank our editor, uh, Ben Wolfen, who does a, a terrific job, and, and Bruce Bernstein, super producer. Scott Turkin's too busy this week to help out. And, and please, let's, let's uh, again, congratulate uh, Bruce's son, Mitch. It's, uh, it's awesome that he's getting married, and, and we're going to have to talk about that when that happens. Are we getting invites, Noah? Uh, I mean... I can. I'll take an invite to cocktail hour. I don't need to like stick around the whole time. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily want to go. I just yeah, want to I see mean, if Bruce. Would I mean, if it's us. if it's in New York City, like I could just kind of I could just go for dinner, right? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I good. Could, I could, yeah, I could just I could go for dinner and then I could, I could give live commentary of the speeches, <laughs> like let them know, like all right, I clap somebody off. All usually, right. Usually the maid of honor, you clap off. I um, like that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll go that route. Uh, and, I don't, and I also I don't know how big. You know, we had a I had a huge wedding. Um, we tried to make it feel small by you know spending trying to spend time with everybody, but it was a really big wedding. So I don't know I don't know what the list is for uh, for Mitch and Becca. I don't know if we'll uh, we'll make the cut, but I, w- I won't be offended. Yeah, I just want them to know above all else that this podcast was the gift. So don't expect another gift. This this podcast is the gift oh, that Noah yeah. and I are giving you. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't even a question. Anyway, so we thank everybody at Pure Hoops Media. Make sure you check out the Mike Wise Show. Again, remarkably, he has the best of. That came out this week. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, Monica McNutt, Eric Newman, and BJ Armstrong, the NBA champion, NBA agent. That's the Pure Hoops Show. Adam, thank you. Enjoy the rest of the week. No, you're the best. Appreciate you. The Catch and Shoot podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.